Hey folks, I'm Nick D'Alessandro, and this is Wait 5 Minutes, a podcast about Florida by a Floridian. This is the epilogue of season six, and to end the story right about how the buildings and structures in our life shape us, I figured I'd tell you about one of my favorite structures that I visited so far this year. The day was still cold when I left Florida Classics Library, a chill still drifting through the midwinter afternoon. My interview at the store was early in the day, and I still had a few hours before it was time to go home and get back to work. I'm on the southeastern coast so rarely that it felt absurd to walk away without doing something. The answer of how to spend the rest of my day was fairly obvious once it occurred to me. I should see Whitehall. The structure was finished in 1902 and was built as the permanent home of Henry Flagler and his third wife, Mary Lily Keenan, as Flagler grew older and older. It is in Palm Beach, near the water, and despite my now five episodes about the life of Henry Flagler, I've never actually visited Whitehall until this trip. I've heard tale of its ghosts, of its banging doorways and spectral visitors, but never actually stepped foot inside. Flagler died in the building in 1913, 11 years after its completion, one year after he brought the railroad to Key West. He apparently fell down a flight of stairs. The injuries he sustained were fatal, and he never recovered. He died at the age of 83. I have been thinking about Flagler a lot lately. Last July, on her eighth studio album called Folklore, Taylor Swift released a song called The Last Great American Dynasty, which recounted the tale of Rebecca Harkness, who owned the Rhode Island home that Swift herself now lives in. In one of the first lyrics in the song, she mentions that Rebecca's husband was, quote, heir to the standard oil name and money, end quote. My ear perked up at the reference, Henry Flagler founded Standard Oil. Reading into the history of the song, I found that the subject of the song was indeed related to Henry Flagler. Rebecca Harkness, the subject of the song, was married to Bill Harkness, whose father was William L. Harkness. William L. Harkness was the son of Daniel Harkness, who was Henry Flagler's half-brother. Henry and Daniel shared a mother. Henry Flagler would go on to team with John D. Rockefeller, and together they formed Standard Oil, the biggest oil company in history. It's why Flagler had the prestige to create his hotels and railroads later in life. Flagler invited his brothers in on the business venture and passed down that money until it was Rebecca Harkness's all those years later. And then, last year, Taylor Swift wrote a song about her. As a fan of both Taylor Swift and Henry Flagler, it was a lot to take in. It was my worlds colliding. Naturally, the song was ringing in my head as I stepped through the door into Whitehall. I've always been melancholy about Flagler. I don't think he was anywhere near a perfect man. So much of his life was coupled with the pain and destruction he left in his wake, but there's something tragic in his life that I always cling to. The loss of his first wife and daughter, his monuments in the form of his hotels that he put up all over the state of Florida, and the railroad he was desperate to finish as he grew older and older. Whitehall today is open to visitors, albeit with a low attendance to keep in accordance with COVID precautions. Your mask had to be worn at all times, but I could still smell the vintage fabrics and wood as I paced the halls of this luxurious building. It was made in the Gilded Age, meaning it was European in styling in every single room, colorful and glowing. Portraits of the Flagler and Harkness families hung in nearly every grand hallway and bedroom and dining room and ballroom. 
I asked someone at the front desk if there were actually other people in the museum, other guests. It was very, very quiet when I got there. Yes, she informed me, there were other people just naturally spread out. I took her at her word, but wandered totally alone through the vacant and gorgeous hallways of Whitehall for a while. I was often glancing around corners and peering skeptically into every doorway and mirror. I won't lie to you all, I'm not ashamed to admit that as a believer in the paranormal, I was convinced that Henry Flagler or one of his kin would appear before me as a terrifying specter. I was trying to keep my calm and enjoy the historical artifacts, but I was admittedly a little spooked. It felt like a tomb in here in some way, not just to the man or his family, but to a bygone era as well. It's beautiful and bright and full but I couldn't help but think of all the ghosts that might wander these halls. Eventually, I was in the company of other guests who I was glad to see, but kept a comfortable distance from. We drifted down the hallway where the massive ballroom takes up a large portion of the floor plan. I stared up at the ceilings and their gorgeous decoration. I peeked into the darkened game room where small billiard tables glowed under singular lights. Everything was stunning, frozen in time, as if the Flagler family might return at any moment and pick up right where they left off. When I eventually made my way back to the main foyer, I asked the person working at the front desk a fairly morbid question. You see, right in the middle of the lobby was a pair of marble staircases stretching in either direction. I'd heard the story so many times of Flagler's fatal fall down the stairs, so I had to ask. Were these the stairs he fell down? She said that the museum isn't totally sure. It was not recorded which stairs he fell down. It could have been elsewhere in the house, not just in the main foyer. I'll admit I was disappointed, but for the moment, I believed the story I wanted to believe. I imagined that marble staircase as the one that led to his demise. I walked up the steps with reverence, knowing this may have been where Flagler fell to his death. I didn't get an official narrative, and that's fine. I filled in the gaps for myself for at least a moment. When I started writing about Flagler two years ago, I came upon a theory that I hold true. That Flagler built all these structures so that he could connect all of Florida and increase his business dealings, but also for a personal reason. It's impossible to know for certain, but I think everybody wants to be remembered, including the one and only Henry Flagler, and I think the best way to be remembered is by ensuring there is something physically there when you're gone. I think that the railroad and these hotels were Flagler's best attempt at making sure he was remembered in a grand way. It gives us some comfort to know that when we're gone, there will be something there, something made of wood or brick or stone left behind. That's not always the truth, as we found this season. There doesn't always need to be something there. The big sombrero, for example, that old stadium of Tampa, is gone. A patch of grass today. But Bills fans, Giants fans, Led Zeppelin fans, and Whitney Houston fans remember everything that happened there. It is pivotal to their identities. What about Burger King? The very first Burger King is a closed-down store next to an overpass on the outskirts of Jacksonville, an unacknowledged structure that launched an international brand. The thing that came from that building is way bigger than the building itself. Florida Classics Library is housed in a beautiful store, but it's about what happens within, the books they have saved from the brink that will be their legacy. 
The Chicky, as well, is a structure with centuries of cultural relevance, societal importance, but its original versions from centuries past return to the earth. The tradition of building chickies has lasted millennia, even though the original chickies are long gone. So I think, maybe, my theory is wrong. A building, a structure, a physical thing can leave a very long legacy, certainly. But the things that occurred within, the traditions, the histories, the lives that passed within the walls of any given structure, that is what carries on, even when the building, permanent as it may have seemed once, returns to the dust. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, to this season of Wait 5 Minutes. I am so glad that you are here and that you have spent the last several months with the show. If you are brand new, if this is your first season, if this is somehow your first episode, welcome. I've really enjoyed making this season. It has been such a delight and I cannot thank you enough for all the kind words you have sent to me over the last couple of months. This is just the beginning of some brand new, exciting stories and exciting expansions of Wait 5 Minutes. I cannot wait for you to see what I have cooking for this summer. It is going to be so much fun. If you listen to this episode and haven't listened to this season or missed something from season six, go back and listen to all of the 12 episodes, including some of the bonus episodes. There were a ton of bonus episodes this season. I'm very proud of it. Go back and give it a listen. If you did enjoy this episode or this season, please consider leaving a five-star review. It helps the show become more visible and it means the world to me. You can also find me and share the episodes on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at WFMPod. If you want to send me a message, you can do so at WFMPod at gmail.com. And you can follow my personal account on Twitter at WFMNick. I've said this in the last couple episodes, but I really do appreciate the recommendations that people send to me. I've gotten several episode ideas from the contacts that people have made with me, and you can expect to see episodes that were listener recommended very, very soon. If there's a story you want told on this show, send me a message. I look forward to hearing from you. I'd like to give a special thank you to all the incredible guests from this season. I always like to remind you of their names at the very end because the whole season would not exist without these people. Their names in order of appearance are Mike Bunn, Brigitte Stevenson, Sean Lee Breeding, Julie Alexander, Shelby Bender, Brendan Byrne, Dave Scheidecker, Carrie Dilley, and Tom Hambright this season was built by these people. They truly made it all happen. I'd also like to give a very special thank you to someone who is behind the scenes of this show and doesn't get thanked nearly enough. Her name is Robin Perry. She is my girlfriend, and she is always the last person to listen to the episode before it comes out besides me. She is quite literally listener zero. She listens before anybody else hits play on their podcast app, and I am eternally grateful to her for that and for so many other things. All the music used in this episode is from Lobo Loco. You can find more of their fabulous music at the link in the description. All right, that's it for season six. It has been an amazing one. I hope that it grants you some new reverence for the buildings around you and for the old buildings in your town or that you pass by in your life. I'm taking May off. I've got a birthday coming up. I'm very excited for it. And in June, season seven begins the summer season 
literally a season all about the things that make up summer in Florida and beyond. I am so excited for it. I'm so excited for the developments that are coming your way. You have no idea the amazing things in store. So enjoy your May. I'll see you in June. Until then, I am Nick D'Alessandro. Be good to yourself. Be good to others. Wear a mask when you go outside. Get your vaccination as soon as you are able. And of course, drink more water. Take care of yourself. I'll see you on the other side.